Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Kovar. The title of today's podcast is an interview with Dave Chamberlain. Dave Chamberlain is the CEO of Kovar's Inc. and my business partner for 16 years now. We've actually had an over 20-year relationship. And not only is he an incredible business person, but he's also an excellent athlete and and health practitioner, uh, or practitioner of a healthy lifestyle, I should say. I think you'll enjoy this interview. So enjoy. Take care. Hello, everyone. Uh, Dave Kovar here, and I'm re- I'm I'm joined by Mr. Dave Chamberlain. How are you, sir? I'm well, sir. How are you? All right. Thanks for being my guest on the Satori Lifestyle Podcast. I'm honored. <laughs> it's uh, uh, of course, Mr. Chamberlain is is my friend and business partner for uh, 16 years, a little over 16 years, and uh, kind of a brief history. Uh, today, we're going to talk about health, fitness, habits, and just kind of some general mindsets that, that you kind of brought to the table into our into our, our business. But uh, for starters, uh, just kind of the, the back, tell a little bit of backstory about how you got involved in martial arts with Kovars. Well, my daughter was, I think, six at the time, and I wanted her to be able to protect herself, defend herself. And in the Wednesday folder was a little advertisement from, from Kovars. And so I took her up to the Granite Bay location. And about a month later, I started training and the rest is history. Yeah. And then so what happened is we met like in probably the summer of 2003 or four, something like that. I was doing like an eight week kickboxing class. Right. And uh, and you and and your wife, Colleen, joined in and we just kind of hit it off a little bit and and started using you a little bit as a kind of getting some advice from you. And then when we were in expansion location, you had just sold, I think it was uh, uh, Versada, is that correct? correct. Company correct. Versada, you were CEO from, and and we see if we could we could get you to help us out for a little while temporarily, and 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 then you, not too long after that, we made you a CEO, and that was uh, April of two thousand six, I believe. Right. That's crazy. Time goes Wait, by. So is that the temporarily thing? Is yeah, that- yeah, yeah. You're not allowed temporary for us is 30 years. So I figure you got another, you know, you, you we'll let you off the hook when you're about when you're about 80, maybe. We'll good. see. No. Hey, well, so one of the things uh, that I, I want I brought you on the phone for is that uh, I got you on, on the podcast is, you know, this in, in the story lifestyle, we, we kind of try to cover things evolve around health, fitness, martial arts mindset. It's kind of a broad topic. And and I know one of the things that's always impressed me about you is not only your work ethic, but but your yourself, your level of self-discipline. And uh, uh, and, and sometimes to the to a fault, you and I have lots of talks and often I'm giving you a lecture about lightening it up because you, you still tend to push pretty hard, which is both, as you know, it's admirable, but it also can work against you sometimes, but, but give me an idea of when you were like uh, some of the things that you've done from a standpoint of uh, your career involving all the way back to maybe uh, uh, when you were a school teacher, all the way through to some of your, your fitness events that you've done, some of your ultra marathons and whatnot that you've done. Well, uh, so prior to teaching school, I, I, in college, I played football and I was a lot bigger than I am today. And so when I got done with football in school, I had about 30 extra pounds that I'd like to have uh, gotten rid of pretty quickly. And so I started just running and just uh, I'd go to the track and I'd do a mile. Then the next day I'd go do two miles and then three miles. I did that every day. I'd add a mile, uh, you know, up to about 10 miles. And then, uh, you know, just as I got into coaching, uh, you know, and, and teaching, I kept that fitness level up. I used to work out with the kids quite a bit. And then uh, I left teaching and, and went to work for IBM and 
got uh, involved with a group of runners who were world class and what they were have doing, having me part of their group, I have no idea, but they were really kind to me. And we used to train when I moved to California in Los Gatos at the track. Uh, we would do these different workouts and I learned all about how to run properly, uh, different workouts to increase speed and endurance. And so that led me to uh, wanting to run a couple of ultra marathons. So I did the Western States 100 uh, back in 1990 and uh, finished and finished and got a, a silver, not a silver, a bronze belt buckle that I still treasure. It's still in my office. But um, so fitness has always been kind of a, a big thing for me. I gave up uh, meat back uh, probably 1978. That helped take off a few more pounds. So by the time I was running the ultras, I was probably down to about 155, 160 and it felt good. Um, and so that just, that, uh, went on for about 20 years. And then, uh, just my back and, and just the wear and tear of running, you know, oh gosh, how, thousands of miles I started biking. So I've been doing the biking and for me, it's all about habits. Yep. If you get up every morning and you have something that you like doing, uh, and it helps keep you healthy, then uh, do it every day or most often is you can. Okay. Well, very cool. Well, just kind of uh, tell me that one time you did, uh, you and I have done several uh, extreme day hikes. So we've done the Grand Canyon a couple times, both the North Rim and the South Rim, and we've done Mount Whitney. And But one time, uh, you, you know, you did rim to rim. You ran rim to rim. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so so to put it in perspective, that means from one side and then back, right? Right. And in fact, the Western States is up in the mountains, the Sierras, and you'd think, boy, that that must have really been arduous, and it was. But the Grand Canyon is about half that length. We it's about forty-seven miles when you go from the South Rim to the North, and then back to the South. But everything that you go down, you got to go back up, and it takes about fifteen hours. And we would run it, and uh, it's a long day, but it's a, it's a fun day. Yeah, so one time, didn't you, you guys were on the south room and you ran to the north room and you got hyperthermia and you're dehydrated and and uh, what what happened there? Well, so uh, it, it, kind of a freak, we've been in a couple of freak storms in the canyon. I, it was a freak storm and the wind was blowing at the top and we had been down in the bottom. We came out after about a three mile climb and now the wind is blowing and it is cold and all that sweat uh, just, just, we froze. And actually what happened was they threw me in the back of a dump truck <laughs> in the garbage and, and took me into the city. And uh, my friend was smart enough to bring his credit card along on the run. And so he got me all dry clothes and I, I kind of healed up and went back and finished the other half of the, of the race. Crazy, crazy. Now, along the way, uh, you know, you've you've and it's going to happen when you play hard. Sometimes you get some injuries along the way. So you've had a few of those, but you you've uh, been able to maintain a pretty high level of of, uh, of fitness along the way. But what I'd, I'd like to I'm kind of curious is to you. You touched on it is habits. So what gets you? And I also know that you're an early riser. I'm an early riser. But, uh, you know, my early rise this morning, I got up about five. You had probably been up for an hour and a half or something by that time. What what gets you up? Uh, you know, because no doubt about it, you're lying in bed and it's warm in the cover, you know, under the you know, covers. What gets you out of bed? You know, what 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 keeps this 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 regimen going? I think it's the way I feel when I've done it. I feel like I've accomplished something. It gets my day started and I just feel better. I, you know, clothes fit <laughs> uh, and I feel like I accomplished uh, something. And so I've never been one that 
I lay in bed and think about how nice it is under the covers. I kind of, I can't wait to get up. I really enjoy life, I guess. And so uh, this morning I, I was thinking about, it. I really need to get up right now. It's probably about three. And I thought, <laughs> well, wait a second, you know, I got, I got a lot of stuff to do. And plus it's, you know, I'm up, I, my, my mind's going now. So I might as well just get up. And so that's kind of the way I look at it. Got it. Very cool. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, the, the, so as far as how do you give me the idea of what a perfect day for you is? And I know you're there's a lot of uh, different talk about multitasking. You know, you can't really multitask, but I know that you tend to while you're uh, writing, you might take in some news or other things. How do you so tell, give me an idea of your of your daily regimen? How does your in a perfect world? Uh, you know, how does your morning start? What happens? Yeah, so I first get up and uh, and I stretch a little bit and I do the Superman pose or I'll do, you know, the, the arms lifted over the head just to kind of get myself started. And then uh, I, I rarely have anything to eat before like eight or nine o'clock. So I, I may have a little bit of coffee and then uh, I'm going to do some uh, weight work probably. And then I'm going to get on the bike. So my perfect day is uh, so this morning I did a 20 mile ride and I've got a new bike that's a little bit heavier. So it's a, uh, it's a good workout. And, and so I'm not going as fast as I used to on my other road bike. That's much lighter. And this thing's kind of a pig actually, but, but it, it causes you to have to work a little bit harder and it's good. Do you still have your road bike by the way? I do. Yeah. Because you know, I don't know if Ken Gruby sent you that link. Uh, he sent me a link and I told him to send it to you or I will. There's a century ride in October. Oh. It's century. It's a flat ride, and uh, uh, it, it's a hundred miles. Of course, that's a century. And uh, uh, but but he brought it up to me, and I go, ah, I'm going to see if uh, oh, Mr. might want to do it too. Yeah. You know? So, so uh, and I was concerned about if you had your heavy duty bike, that that might not be the right one. But if you still have no. your road bike, that might be a good fit. Yeah. In fact, I may I may even get another bike too because I've been looking around at something that's kind of in between the two. But you know, so so I'll. I'll get done with that. And on that ride, and in fact, when I used to run, I ran long distances, I would think of things. Uh, I would write a plot to a story. And so uh, you read a book that I, I wrote, a novel. I got all of that when I was on these long runs, uh, you know, creating plot twists and everything It was a else. great book, by the way. It hasn't yet been published, but, but yeah. one of these days you'll get to it. One of these days. One of these days. But um, so I'll think about something. It's, a, a get, uh, it's very creative. You got a lot of endorphins going, a lot of adrenaline. So that's a good time for me to problem solve and think about things that, uh, that I don't maybe get a chance to spend as much time on during the day. And then when I get back, shower, uh, I might get a bite to eat. And then um, what I'll do is is start to make lists of things that I thought about. So I capture some of the things that I that maybe went on inside my head, uh, or things that I need to do just to reminders. And then I, I start in on the day. And, uh, you know, as you know, we have clients that we get to talk to, and those calls start pretty early in the morning, because we're on the West Coast, they're on the East Coast. So we're to catch them before they get on the mat, we're going to have some discussions and those are always fun. I had a great discussion day with uh, Manny Esmeralda and just, uh, you know, it was uh, really uh, very stimulating, I'll say. And so, uh, but th those happen every day. And uh, uh, for me, a perfect day is some of those and then discussions with our team uh, and, and some other things. So you've always been, at least from my perception and, and just to put in perspective, you guys listening is that, uh, 
Uh, Mr. Chairman and I have our offices right next to each other. All oh, since COVID's end, you know, uh, I, I was there today. I'm there every day, but not all day, you know. And, and, and but but uh, you go in and you, if you if both our doors are open, uh, you see one office that is pristine and everything's in place and all the papers are stacked. And you see another office that looks like a a college dorm, uh, you know. And by the way, that's mine. But you know what? Albert Einstein had a messy office. So you know, just to say, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. You Says know? it all. But, but so what what you know, what has been your key for organization? Because one of the things that I, I think you really do well is your follow up is very well. Like, you know, you'll write down, I'm going to do the hey, let's do these three things. And what do you know? You pretty much those three things pretty much if you say them, it's usually going to happen. You know, one of the mastery mindsets is my word is law. And that is doing what you say you're going to do. And I think you're as good at that as anybody I've ever known. Well, how do you accomplish that? Well, you know, what well is- so. I have a card system that I use. I just, uh, this wasn't a prop. I actually was jotting down a few things from a call I just had. And um, for, so for me, I have to capture things and get them down and then I prioritize them. And my cards might even have a, a subject matter so that I keep, I hold on to them and then I'm going to pull them out. I'm going to review it. And it gives me kind of a guidepost for where I'm going to go next in my day or in my week. Very cool. And so with this, uh, uh, what do you do once the cards are like, like, do you have the cards from six months ago or those get, those get canned? You know, actually I need to, I need to clean them out because I keep them and they start to stack up after a while. But I'll tell you what I, uh, you know, we do these calls with our our clients on Tuesdays and Thursdays and uh, you, you spend a lot of time preparing. I do. And some of the things that, that we prepare for, are, are really good things to remember. They're not just for the call, they're for maybe our team. There's some things that I might want to reinforce with our clients later on down the road. So I hold on to those for sure, because I'm going to go back and review them and see if I need to go back and, and, and help uh, make that point again to, to either our team or our clients. Yeah, you know, I also I've been journaling for like 35 years. The issue is I often will not, won't put the date on the journal. So I've got I've got, uh, you know, eight and a half by 11 binders. I've got dozens and dozens and dozens of them. And I can't get myself to, to get rid of them because every time I go, and it's not like I've been through them all, but every time I do find one and, you know, I'll, and, and, you know, I'll figure out, oh, sometimes there's a date there and it's 1994 and I'll start reading through and it's mostly focused around staff meeting or ideas for business or right. some affirmations. And I'm always like, you know, what's old is new again. I'm going, oh, man, this is, you know, how often I'm able to kind of recycle, uh, you know, uh, you know, something. But now you're different. You know, in 25 years later, you think differently. The concept is still the same, but the way you view is different. And 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 so I, I can't part with them. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if I'll ever be able to. Yeah, I'm that way with my running logs. My wife has asked <laughs> me time and time again, we got boxes and boxes full of just these kids. Like, I write down every workout. <laughs> Which it's I know so you funny. do too, right? Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> you could probably tell everybody how many push-ups you've done since 1975. <laughs> Me, if I'm feeling strong, I'm good. That's that's. Yeah. It's so funny. It's like I am just the reverse. And of course, you know, it's I, I my workouts. Of course, you know, I'm very consistent as well uh, with my training and my regimen. But I have kind of four or five different workouts I will usually pick and I'll, I'll usually, uh, based on what I did yesterday and the schedule, I'll, I'll kind of pick the days and I'll vary. Like today I was at the actual action at the gym and I did, uh, uh, you know, a certain, a, a dumbbell routine, uh, that, that takes about 20 minutes, just kicks, 
kicks your butt and I'll do it anyway. But then I'm not even sure what I'm going to do tomorrow. Actually, you and I are taking a trip tomorrow. I, I may, I may not get a workout in tomorrow. I might, because we're going to be doing some more shorts in the afternoon. I might allow myself the day off, but, but it's, it's funny how it, it's kind of like people, what, what I think is important for people is to know what makes them tick. So for me, keeping track of lists of how many, although as much as a, my good friend Ray Arquilla does the same thing you do. He can tell you how many hours he's trained in martial arts in the last 50 years, two right. to the minutes. You know, everything is logged. And I, I think that's pretty cool. But to me, that would just friggin' take the fun out of it, you know? <laughs> and, and, but so what's important is that we, we all think differently. We're all wired differently. And what we've got to do is figure out what gets us out of bed, what motivates us, and, you know, how can we establish habits that are going to be powerful? Yeah, and to and to know, you often uh, counsel me, which I do appreciate, to to make sure I'm not overdoing. And so I just had two surgeries within about thirty days of one another. One was a hernia surgery, and the other was a shoulder replacement. And I have to say, it's I I've really been good because I, I really I want these to go well, and because the hernia is a redo, and the shoulders are redo, and so I'm going to be a good boy on these. But it, it's also changed the way, kind of the way uh, I look a little bit. And so uh, I'm, I'm being careful not to jump down and do 300 sit-ups because I've got mesh in my stomach from the hernia suit. I just, I'm being really careful. And I think people just have to, to understand that if, you know, if you want to get back to where you were, you've got you to put in the, the relaxation, not the work. Yeah. And I think the point is, is especially we can speak as a couple of aging martial artists, you know, people have been fitness and martial arts. You've been doing martial arts for 20 years now right. and, uh, and, and fitness for a lot longer is that is, uh, is that we, we, we can't compare ourselves as much as we want to with our 25 year old self. You know, it's so easy to do. What we've got to really do is, 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 uh, you know, my mindset is, okay, I want to be still training when I'm 80. And so if that's the case, what do I got to do today? What is my future self going to thank me for today? Right. And what is my future self going to say? You're a knucklehead. Why the heck did you do that? Right. And, and it's that battle, you know, because so often we we want to talk about back in the day. Right. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, taking a trip down memory lane and, you know, talking about former accomplishments. But but really, uh, uh, it's like, OK, you know, if I want to what can I based on my age? You know, and and uh, what can I do that's going to today to exercise that's going to keep me healthy and moving in the right direction? And so for me, I know you're very familiar with this. It used to be when I was younger, everything was about martial arts. You know, it was like that was it first. You know, I wanted to. I, I would if I was injured, I'd compete anyway. It didn't matter. You know, it was, and then it was fitness, and then health was somewhere down the list. Right. And over the years, what's happened for me is that it's it's switched. Now it's health fitness and martial arts. I look at eating clean and getting enough sleep and managing my stress as part of my martial arts training, because I know that that's going to keep me in the trenches. And, and so for an example would be probably 20 years ago, uh, I saw a lot of my martial arts friends getting their hips replaced. Right. And at the time I was like work, I could do the full front splits on right and left and almost do the full splits, maybe 25 years ago. And, uh, but I saw and I thought to myself, oh, my, I, I want, you know, I wonder if that's a smart thing to do. And I, we had a, a, a student of ours. His name was Dr. Steve Orkin. He was a, a rheumatologist and he was like a third degree black belt. And I, I went Steve and he was probably 10 years older than me. I go, hey, man, you know, I'm seeing some of my buddies get starting to get their hips replaced. And and my gut feeling is, is if you're really flexible, hyper flexible and you throw a lot of sidekicks, that's probably not good for your joint, that lock. And he goes, oh. 
you are so right. He goes, what happens if you become really flexible, you expose your joints and ligaments and tendons to stress that you wouldn't have been able to expose them to if you're a little tighter. And it was like, boom, a light bulb went on in my head. And, uh, you know, I pretty much quit stretching hard at that moment. Now I still stretch, but, uh, uh, and also what's kind of interesting, if you take uh, someone that, that let's just say they're doing the splits and they can go this far down and let's just do the math from the, the you know, from here. And uh, for those of you guys listening, I've got like my arms at like a 30 degree angle or something. If we drop there the, the, to, to a 90 or 180 degrees, the difference it gives me as far as distance on the kick is very little, right. very little, the math on it. So that extra little hypermobile can really go against you. And, and so I guess the point is that's an example of training smart. So you guys that are listening that are aging, Friggin' quit comparing yourself to when you were 25. It's okay to think about it, but you're not, if you're not 25 and where you shouldn't be doing that. And then what can you still do and focus on that? You know, it's interesting is that I, I think back to when I was 25, 30, 35 years old and what I could do. And, and there, there's no comparison, but I will tell you that since, especially since becoming a martial artist and joining Kovars, uh, I'm so much better emotionally and mentally than I was at those ages. Of course, yeah, experience, but just I think I'm a nicer person. I think I care more about things that maybe I didn't spend enough time caring about in the past. And and so I, I try to I try to keep that in mind that yeah, maybe I'm not physically where I was when I was that age, but I'm a heck of a lot better emotionally and mentally. Well I want to talk about that in a minute, but I gotta share one more back in the day story just sure. because so uh, as, as you know, I pride myself on my vertical leap. I have a pretty good vertical leap, and I still do for, you know, for a guy my age, right? But back in high school, we'd be at a party or something, and I was the guy in the house that could jump up and hit my head against an eight-foot ceiling. And I could wow. hit it pretty hard too, right? And this is back when there was the popcorn on the ceiling. The, yeah, yeah. The, you know, boom, and you'd get it in your hair. And it was always like my parlor trick. Everybody, hey, and I was I was also at five, nine and a half. I wasn't the tallest guy. There was a, you know, and, and I was like the only guy that could do it, right? And about 10 or 15 years ago, actually it was maybe less than that, maybe eight years ago, Paul Acero, you know, my good friend, and you know him well, he said, hey, Dave, man, can you still hit your head against the ceiling? And I said, of course I can. No problem. Yeah. You know, so I, boom, I missed by like that much, you know, by like three inches. When did that happen? Right. You know, it's like, <laughs> but okay. At first it was like, all right, you're still in the game. That's what's important. But back to martial arts. So you, you, uh, you joined, you started because you, you wanted your daughter started. Then you thought this would be kind of cool. And now you say you're, you're a nicer person. You're emotionally more yeah. stable. What is it about martial arts? Why do you think it's what, what, what is special about it? Uh, I, I think it's the attitude. It's the, it's the, uh, we spend as much time training our mind as we do our body. And, you know, we recently had Mr. Guido was in town and he uh, encountered a, a really dangerous situation. And uh, one, Mr. Guido is one of our, our friends and clients. And, uh, and it just, he, he talked about, he was able to rely on his martial arts training to get him through that really dangerous circumstance and it was any he, he thanked uh himself for uh having gone through martial arts training because it is so valuable that he didn't go his adrenaline didn't hit and all of a sudden he didn't know what to do i think martial arts does such a great job of helping us remain calm gives us a chance to reflect a lot of meditation involved but also just the calming and, and knowing what to do if the situation uh gets out of control 
Absolutely. You know, what's interesting is that the phrase is used a lot as be, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. And like, I know you and I have grappled a lot and man, you got someone on top and you're hard, you're breathing hard and you know, you're, you're fatigued and you know, you're kind of claustrophobic and your ability to stay calm at that point, that really translates, you know? So, you know, you're sparring with somebody, your ability to kind of maintain your, as Bruce Lee would say, you know, uh, uh, you know, have being able to be in in control emotionally. Okay, uh, is uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He had a great line: in, uh, emotional contents, not anger. I had to do it with the Bruce Lee accent to, to get it to come out. <laughs> and, and what he's it, it being able to be, and the, you know, that's that's you only get that from experience. You know, yeah. it's it's kind of like uh, it, it's it, you want to be calm. You want to be calm under pressure. Guess what? You have to have pressure. You have to practice being calm under pressure. Right? Well, you tell that great story when you were grappling with someone that you desperately did not want to tap and you went through a series of, oh, my gosh, oh, my God. And then you finally just said, wait a second, hold on. Like, I got to remain calm. And you ended up getting out of it and, and winning. And uh, I, I remember that story. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, the other example would be, you know, you walk outside, you're downtown and you come out of the building and the building across the street's on fire and there's flames everywhere and there's panic in the air because panic is contagious, fear is contagious. And, and man, everybody's screaming, knowing what to do. And you kind of, uh, you know, you, you feel it. And all of a sudden the, the fire truck pulls up and uh, out pops the fire captain. He's been on the job for, for 29 years. He's been there. He's done that. He takes a breath. He assesses the situation. He calmly you know, give some orders and everybody falls in a line and the whole mood changes, right? right. Well, it, the, the term for that in, in Bushido and in martial arts is Fudoshin. In Fudoshin, roughly translated, means immovable mind, you know? It, it's like that. And the only way you get there is, is you know, is, is feeling the pressure. And right. that's one of the benefits that martial arts has. I think the other thing is there's so many other things, and I don't have to tell you, but, like, for example, being able to embrace your shadow, like getting a chance to vent a little bit, nothing like hitting a bag, you yeah. know, or, or uh, to kind of, kind of, you know, to, to get not only great workout, but to kind of vent some of your frustration as well. You know, the other thing that it does is you talk about this all the time when you, at the end of black belt promotions, you talk to the, the new black belts or the ones who have gotten advanced degrees about the responsibility. It, it is, there's something that I find, I don't know, um, just it's rewarding to have that responsibility that, that I, I am a little bit different. I put in the time and the effort and people look at me differently and they should. And mm -hmm. I like that responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to hold your, you know, set as high standard and do the best you can to hold yourself to it. And, you know, the other thing that makes martial arts so unique is that uh, you learn how to control your emotion because, losing control of your emotion never benefits you. And if you're in a, in a, in a, in a competition or a match, it does not in the short term, you might have a burst of adrenaline, but you know, it, it doesn't work well for you. And, and so that's one thing. So you learn how to control that. And the other thing is, is that because of the nature of what we do is violent, we're teaching people how to hit and kick and choke and all that kind of stuff. It really obligates us as martial arts instructors to teach the importance of respect and courtesy and self-control. And some of those lessons people might not be hearing and we're able to reinforce that. It's kind of the yin and yang, the two extremes, right? And, uh, you know, I know that it's uh, Jordan Peterson uh, quotes, uh, uh, you know, uh, talks about how, you know, a, 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 a harmless person is is harmless in meaning there's that's nothing to admire oh they're harmless you know what's what's something to admire is someone that's deadly but 
chooses to live a peaceful life, right? Yeah. Because you have that option. And, and that's kind of, you know, our ability to be able, and there's the other thing is, as you know, uh, you know, we know a lot of high level martial artists and generally speaking, people that are, have a high level of skill, they project signals of confidence. They're just less likely to be confronted in the first place because they're not sending out signals that say, you know, pick on me. I'm weak. I'm an easy victim. They're, right. they're saying, I know what I'm doing. And people kind of sense that. And they tend to back off a bit. Absolutely. Yep. Well, hey, uh, so I want to be respectful of your time and our and our listeners' time. And 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 uh, uh, do you have any 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 closing thoughts when it comes to either you know tips for people when it comes to health, fitness, uh, uh, mindset, uh, nutrition? Well, anything, think, any guidelines well, you want to pass along? Well, I th- I think what I have really learned from martial arts is that it can be applied. The the mental um, maybe. Uh, Toughness and the ability to calm yourself can be applied into a lot. It can be applied to different things that you're doing. Business, for example, uh, we we spend a lot of time trying to grow our business, and we I always apply the the organizational, but also the martial arts mindset, and that habits are a great thing. So if you can develop a habit, if if people are out there wondering, geez, I wonder how I get in better shape, if you just start and make it a habit. You'll, you'll find that eventually um, may take a little bit of time, may take a little bit of effort, but the effort's worth it. Yeah, and start small. You know, start with little things and, and capitalize on them. And James Clear in his book, Atomic Habit, he talks about habit stacking. You know, yeah. uh, an example would be for me for – a long time, I, I the habit of going to the gym in the morning. That's established. It's what I. It's just what right. I do. I work out in the morning, right? And sometimes, since COVID, it's been at the park, and it might not always be at the gym. But I want to get in the habit of sitting in the sauna at the end of my workout. And so I couldn't seem to. I'd wake up in the morning and trying to find my gym bag and put all my clothes in it. It just like was very inconsistent. So my habit was. I'm already getting up in the morning. I know that I'm going to do that. Well, what did I did the night before? I started putting my bag together and putting it by the door. It seems so obvious. But what I'm doing is I'm stacking one habit on another. Guess what? It was instant. I was able to make a transformation. So if you're thinking, how can I, uh, you know, get to the next level, uh, you find a habit that you're already doing and just add something to that. And that's a good way to go. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And and uh, thank you, Mr. Chamberlain. It was, thank you. It was fun talking with you. And, and uh, uh him and I and a bunch of our team have a, ro- a training road trip this weekend. So when we get off this, I'm gonna get I'm, I'm gonna get packing. Yeah, bring your uh, running shoes. I think what we'll do to get your workout in tomorrow is maybe uh, you can run alongside the car out on Route Five. Oh man, that sounds like great fun. You know, that, I think I'm. Yeah, I unfortunately uh, uh, I, I've got a hangnail. I won't be able to do that. Otherwise, I'd be all over it. There you go. All right, man. Take care, sir. Thank you.